Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. KTB, same old slay, kill the game from East LA. Hey! <laughs> I'm supposed to be writing raps for the gym, the cheer gym. They're called voiceovers. <laughs> I mean, you wrote all of these. It's true. Yeah. Um, hey guys, I'm Brian. And I'm the one who's not making up everything on this. And you're listening to... Frosnicks! about the voiceovers i didn't plan on doing them because i like don't do that but i was like maybe that's an avenue i should get into because like jingles um, yeah jingles because you know i wrote all the jingles for this like all the songs and stuff and it only took me like maybe 10 minutes with like the in-season yeah. jingle the fruit smoothie jingle like it's funny because the fruit smoothie people are like what is that song like can i get mm. the full thing i was like no i made it <laughs> like <laughs> there's no full thing yeah but um at the gym for people who don't know let me just get a little backstory um, We're recording right now? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you stopped recording and I no, was no, like, no. are we going to keep going? No, just real quick. Each cheer team in competitive <laughs> cheerleading gets their own custom music that's like two grand. Yeah. And um, I never thought like, oh, I should cut music because in high school I did, but it was like really shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm like, I kind of feel like I have like an artistic edge to do it. And I like had to write um, voiceovers for... Um, my team that I coach in the whole gym, like seven different teams. You want to hear some of the lyrics? No, I fucking hate cheerleading okay, music. Okay, I'll, I'll wrap it for you. KTB, same old slay, kill the game from East LA, wildfire in our element. You are irrelevant. Stay on top. That's the T. Don't try me. Period. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then um, they're I like, think the wildfire is a little too soon, being in California. <laughs> that's the team name, though. Oh. And um, it's funny because, like, obviously, in East LA, so a lot of them are Hispanic. And I was like, I want to put something personal, like, yeah. Spanish in it. So I was like, um, on the scene, you better vanish. Wildfire's about to slay. Got your team speaking Spanish. Hoy bien caliente. I... <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> Let me drop this mic real quick. <laughs> Dropping fours. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wrote that in, like, a couple hours. Cute. Um, what's been going on with you this week? <laughs> uh, um, I I traveled so much actually. I flew like six days straight. Damn. And then I was off yesterday, and then I flew here today. Where'd you go this past week? Vegas, uh, Phoenix. I honestly couldn't tell you the other two places. I thought you were there just recently, no? Where? In both those places. Uh, yep. I've been to Vegas three times in the past, like, three weeks. Fine. I'm a little over it. <laughs> Where do you guys stay? Actually, don't tell us. Because I don't want people showing up being like, oh, my God, I'm a fan of the podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all our Vegas fans? Yeah, all our Vegas fans. Um, yeah, so it was exhausting. Yeah. I And the other thing is, like, I was waking up between 3.30 and 4.30 every morning. And right now, because it's we're getting into winter again everywhere... You're falling into another depression because I feel like no. I am. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's not even that. But because I'm waking up so early, the sun's not coming up for almost four hours mm-hmm. after I wake up. And that makes it really difficult to get through the first half of my day. Right. Um, but my trips this month are really good. And I'm done every day by like 1 p.m. Work. And I love that. I'm like the opposite. 
I like my trips to start at 1 p.m. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I normally go for. But then I realized all of my trips that started that late, I wasn't getting done till like midnight. And yeah. I, I don't like being done that late at night. Sure. So I was like, let me try this out. It was just on my schedule that way. And I was like, let me just keep them and see like, you know, it's mm-hmm. only like two legs each day. And mm-hmm. it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and long layovers everywhere. I've been like so adamant to not do layovers lately. Like, literally, I've been a turn queen. I love turns. I've been doing turns to Seattle, to Portland, all through Mexico. Oh, my God. Breaking news. What is it? There's a possibility. So I was actually just told today on my way over here that one of the deals in opening up a new terminal out of New York for us um, was that we would potentially be flying into Long Beach straight out of my terminal because... Our terminals that we're building now are going to hold bigger planes Work. that normally weren't flying out of there. Work, bitch. Yeah. Do you guys fly to Long Beach? No. So that would be a new route for you guys? Yes. I love that journey for but you. But even to LA, like we're talking about even just flying to LA. I mean, LAX even still, well. that's such yeah. an easier thing to yeah. maintain this podcast. 100%. Well, work. Yeah. Okay, that's good news. Mm-hmm. Let's let's put it out in the universe. You hear us, universe? Put it out. Get it us. Get us in Long Beach. Put it out. Um, for me, yeah, I graduated therapy. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So you're done now completely? I'm pretty much done. Yeah. Oh. I mean, obviously, it's not. You're done healed. You're perfect. Well, because this journey is ongoing. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, we're always on a journey to improve ourselves, expand, mm-hmm. keep growing. La di da di da. But um, yeah, I met with my therapist, and this last session was very healthy in a good way. Okay. And it was like more of a reflective meeting, uh-huh. not purposefully, but I was just like doing a lot of reflection and. Um, she pretty much just like, do you feel like you need to be here? I mean, she didn't say it in that way, but that's yeah. kind of what came out. And I was like, I feel like I'm actually good. And I'd rather just like use you as like my spare tire when things get rough. Yeah. Not my steering wheel anymore. You know, like yeah. we're taking the training wheels off. Oh, yeah. But um, I'll just leave the listeners with this because maybe <laughs> this will actually help people with like how they're feeling. But I think part of the reason why. Sorry, really quickly. I forget sometimes that we have actual listeners. So when you say that, I laugh because I it's like, think it sounds so stupid. Us, yeah. yeah. Um, but just real quick, I, I, I feel like this is something that people can relate to. But I think that part of my depression when I went into therapy was that I didn't have a purpose in life. Mm. And I think that a lot of us get stuck into facilitating what we have to do to stay above water. Yeah. Right. Like just working to like make money to like quote unquote do the things we enjoy but you're not enjoying it because you're so focused uh-huh. on making money do you know what I mean yeah and so I had to reevaluate your my... your work you're living to work not exactly. working to live and like I had to reevaluate yeah. my idea of success and what that looked like and to me like having a house and stuff I thought that's what success was but yeah. I was like no I didn't really care for any of this stuff but I thought I think I bought into the myth that an adult does these things mm-hmm. and I started to make sacrifices in my life to create this quote unquote idea of success yeah. that I really wasn't driven towards. Granted, now that I'm in it, it's fine, but I had to like reevaluate how I saw it. Mm-hmm. And I bring this up because um, I brought up the, I brought this up in therapy where I was like, when I have a day off, I can't um, relax because I'm thinking, damn, I should have worked instead. And that's why I'm like such a workhorse. Yeah. And I think that the idea of like, making money was my determining factor of if I was being productive or not. Mm. And I was like, I need to think of my life in currency. Cause I told her when she said, why do you go to school? And I was like, because it's free. That's why I want to go back. What yeah. we talked about earlier. And she's like, Brian, nothing's free in life. Uh-huh. You're exhausting your energy yeah, you're and you're stressed. Taking a like, toll on your body. And I was like, you know what? I could use that in the opposite sense, right? Like if my energy is currency, I'm getting paid 
mm-hmm. by taking days off because I'm being able to do stuff like this. Yeah, right? it's fulfilling. Like, it's fulfilling. Like I'm, I'm, I'm exhausting my energy and things I enjoy, like my happiness with doing this podcast mm-hmm. or um, even when I have a day off getting lunch with a friend or things like that. And I've been super aware of how I feel fulfilled and the yeah. day feels more purposeful without having to go to work. And I was like... And I had this idea of financial stability. And she's like, well, what is financial stability to you? And I was like, well, having money in the bank. I was like, okay. She's like, okay, so what number is that? Uh And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. Because, like, even if I have, say, $10,000, you're still thinking, well, I still need to make Uh more. And she's like, it's funny you say that because she brought up a guy who was a billionaire. And he was part of the, quote, unquote, three comma comma club, where there's three commas in his network. Oh, right. And I guess he made a bad business deal and lost $200 million. So mm. he went from a billionaire to an $800, $800 million uh, net worth guy, right? Yeah. And he felt like he lost. But then in the grand scheme of it, he's still rich as fuck. Yeah. And so she's like, it's all relative. And the myth that mm-hmm. he believed is that a billionaire is worth being someone and a millionaire is nobody. Well, that's the thing. Then the struggle becomes keeping that status. Keeping the status. And she's yeah. like, he had so many more... Um, problems when really they weren't problems it's just problems we create in our head and I was like completely and she's like so you keep saying that you're not financially stable yet are you paying for your mortgage are you like surviving food wise are you leaving paycheck to paycheck no and she's like you're stable in the sense that your job flying if you want to work more the money's there right like if you have a rough month where you don't make as much the next month you work more and it's there and Mm -hmm. I was like oh I never even thought of it that way balance but that's the first thing I say about why I like the job is that if I want to work I can and if I don't I don't but I didn't think of that as stability right I thought of like a uh, a number coming in at a, a certain rate with stability, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I need. But to you have... didn't even have a number. Exactly, I didn't yeah. have a number. But I was thinking, oh, I have to make three grand this month, right. Or every month to feel like I'm stable, so I'm putting this much. And to say like you, sh- that's a good way to think as far as like budgeting and stuff. But every month, if you need a few moments to yourself and mm-hmm. like, you know, sacrifice the financial goal for your mental goal, I'm like, yeah. that's okay, and I don't think I let allowed myself to do that. So. Through therapy, that was it. And I think it's important to share that because I think we put pressure on ourselves because we buy into these myths of how we should be as a person, mm-hmm. as a successful person, as a mother, as a son, as a brother, whatever. And it's like, well, w- w- it was nice to reevaluate what I bought into unknowingly uh-huh. just because I thought these are the things I needed. Yeah. And so now I'm here, thriving, <laughs> graduating from therapy, <laughs> <laughs> living life. I um I totally relate to that because sometimes when Starbucks tells me if I come in like three days in a row, they're like, you'll get a hundred bonus stars. And I'm like, but I wouldn't even go to Starbucks if I didn't have this deal. Like exactly. it's a waste of my money regardless. Regardless. And the only reason that I'm getting free th- shit is because I'm spending money I wasn't gonna spend in the first uh-huh. place. And it's like it's like when they're like, buy one, get one fifty percent off, you're like, Oh, I have to get it because it's fifty percent right. off. But it's like that fifty percent off, you're spending fifty percent more, more to get it. And you're right. like grabbing something you don't yeah. originally need. So I totally for. relate. Yeah. Yeah. They so flood my email. Yeah. <sighs> it's those myths. We're 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 believing in those sale myths, mm-hmm. sale tactics. So, so American of us you heard it here first podcast uh, fruit <laughs> snacks rule number 47 <laughs> don't believe in the myths sorry guys 
guys, I had to get out of the place I was sitting in the studio because there was an echo. So hopefully this is a little more clear. <laughs> in the studio. But with that apology, it's fitting because this episode for The Fresh Fruit, we wanted to talk about apologies and get into what apologies mean to us. You like that segue? Mm-hmm. I'm professional. It's better than, all right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it like sucking my lips every time I fucking transition. You know, growth, growth, growth. Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, you know, growth is slow. It's progression. I'm working on it. But let me throw this first question to you. Yeah. When do you think it is appropriate to apologize? After time has passed. Really? Always. Yes. And why do you say that? Um, I I feel like I went so long in my life always wanting to apologize immediately, only to make myself feel like the situation has been alleviated because mm. I didn't like the pressure of knowing that I fucked up in a situation. Mm. But what that does, at least in my opinion, is invalidate the apology. Why do you so like, okay, say you and I got in a fight. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh my and gosh, I'm wait, so sorry. Obviously, you did something wrong because I'm like never wrong, but uh, continue. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you're apologizing to me. Okay. Uh-huh. Um... <laughs> If immediately after us fighting, I'm like, I'm really sorry. I don't think that that doesn't mean that I'm actually sorry. But I feel like if I waited until the next morning Mm -hmm. or the next, you know, two days or whatever, I feel like after both time, after both people have had time to like sit Mm -hmm. with that Mm -hmm. situation Mm -hmm. and then you come together and you kind of have this very calm, like, hey, I just wanted to take a second and be like, I'm really sorry. You know, right. I, I just feel like that is such a big difference in the the uh, genuine emotion and right. intent behind right. an apology. Because I feel like I agree exactly what you're saying, but I feel like the difference that I would put is not necessarily a timestamp on it of like give it time. But I think the time that you say is probably the same thing that I'm about to say is that there's that reflection period, right? Mm-hmm. Where I feel like an apology is appropriate when you realize that you've hurt someone right. that you care about and that you care that you hurt them, right? Because uh-huh. instead of like, because I feel like when we just say, oh my God, I'm sorry, and not think about it, you're like That's your, more saving face to right? me. Like yeah. I was going to say, like you're saving, your ego is winning uh-huh. to be like, I don't want to look bad in this situation, so I'm just going to like try everything to do mm-hmm. not to apologize or to apologize just to like alleviate it you know and totally i feel like it's either one of those two people where you're either headstrong where you don't want to apologize or you are a people pleaser where you're just always saying sorry and i feel uh-huh. like saying sorry is such a feminine quality i'm not saying girls do it where it's just exclusively to women but yeah. i'm saying feminine as far as like the energy where i feel like um, a feminine energy would always want to be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Like, even uh-huh. when it's not even their fault, they yeah. just want to, like, apologize. And I feel like when I'm in the service industry, because I'm the one not in charge mm-hmm. and the one serving, you know, even if someone bumped into me, I'd be like, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. And, um, I mean, that's kind of getting off track, but I think it's okay to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people realize that because it's embarrassing to re- recognize that you're yeah. wrong, you know? And so I feel like the first thing you want to do is, like, okay, well... Did I mean to actually hurt this person? Uh-huh. And if the answer is no, then apology is probably appropriate, you know, and yeah. the explanation behind that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what this makes me think of? Um, I'll never forget. I don't know why this stands out in my mind so much within our friendship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a time I was seeing a movie with somebody. 
Maybe I was seeing... Oh, I do remember. It was when Titanic was re-released in theaters uh-huh. for like the 20-whatever anniversary. They did that? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember Yeah. That. I think it was the 20th or 25th anniversary of, okay. of the movie originally coming out. Mm-hmm. I went to go see it in theaters with Curtis Gordon. Okay. And I remember just before the movie started, this was right when you had become Agva. Okay. At Disney. Uh-huh. So you went from being like, like one of us basic parade performers to being like unionized and making all the money and i was i was giving you shit for it but you were getting shit from everybody for it and i remember i had joked about it and you made a point of being like i don't like that and then i joked about it again and you were like i'm gonna stop texting in this conversation because i basically you were mad yeah and i remember i sat through that whole movie like and i felt so bad and I immediately wanted to apologize to alleviate. This is just essentially an example of why I say give it time is because in that moment, I would have been trying to alleviate selfishly trying to alleviate the pressure that I felt. Right. Like I'm not a bad guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. As I've been taking ownership of being like, yes, I sorry. I'm making this the situation that it is. Totally. Yeah. 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 Well, I didn't. I don't remember this, so you need to apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Um, I remember all of that though, because you guys did give me so much shit. You're like, "Oh, you're gonna be one of those Mm actors," and I'm like, "Yo, I worked really hard to get this, and all my friends are telling me I like don't deserve it." And I'm like, "I need new friends." (laughs) And And you got them. They're all (laughs) Agnes. So true. I did get all new friends. I was like, I gotta leave these peasants. Stepping over you. <laughs> Just on our heads. <laughs> okay, so then I guess my next question is, once you feel like an apology is appropriate, what makes a good apology? Mm, I'm really all about this like calm demeanor right now within apologies. Uh-huh. Because when you go into an apology tense or nervous, yeah. I feel like the situation can escalate really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then you just end up right back to where you need to apologize again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like if I were to come to you in this sort of demeanor that I have right now, mm-hmm. it would feel so much more relaxed where we can both kind of put our guard down. Right. There's like nothing to defend. Yeah. Yeah. It's just coming from a place of understanding at that point. Right. Um, so a lot, a lot about delivery. Right. Right. Is important to me. Yeah, I agree. Because I feel like after fully reflecting on what the situation is, I think it's important to, like, take the emotion out of it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, the, like I said earlier on the last question, it's like the ego kind of fuels the fire yeah. of being like, well, I should apologize because then you start making this story up of like, well, they've done this to me in the past or uh-huh. da 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 When it's like, okay, let's take all that fluff away. Yeah. What can you take ownership over in this moment, uh-huh. right? regardless of everything else that happened that you feel like you can validate for like being a shitty person Mm -hmm. or whatever the case is not saying that you're a shitty person but i feel like what makes a good apology is like fully taking ownership of how you affected the situation right um i don't think saying sorry is necessary honestly in an apology but i think it does help because i feel like you can be like hey i did not mean to do this to you like for example um a friend came to me and was saying that they were they he was like i don't know how to respond to this because he was supposed to pick someone up from the airport uh-huh. and um they were delayed and so then they relayed that message like hey i'm de- we're delayed blah 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 but then they actually ended up coming 
at the right time oh. but they never told him that because they were already in the air flying and they couldn't text him oh. and so then when they landed they're like hey we're here and he's like well i'm at dinner and they're like are you fucking kidding me like oh. you told me you were gonna pick us up and blah blah right and so he was like a little bit upset because he was like i'm doing them a favor and like uh-huh they're upset right and i was like i get it right but I think after traveling a full day, I understand LAX is the last place to be waiting around and it <laughs> yeah. would have taken him 40 minutes to get there at that point. Yeah. So I was like, the only thing you can do, cause he's like, I don't think I'm wrong in this situation. I was like, okay, well then you shouldn't apologize. Right. right. But I was like, but I also think that if you're going to do anything, take ownership of what happened. Sure. So I'm like, if you don't feel like you need to say sorry, don't because you're giving false apologies, mm-hmm. but you need to be like, Hey, I did not mean to leave you guys there. I promise you, I didn't choose to do dinner and you guys were a back burner. I really think that this is just a miscommunication i thought you guys were gonna land at this time that gave me enough time to eat dinner i apologize if you feel that way of like the miscommunication and i dropped the ball on that but i really thought that this was the plan do you Uh know what i mean so it's like clearly clarifying the ownership that he could take because honestly it was a mistake but i think they took it as they wrote the story of like man he's so irresponsible blah and then he was taking offense because i felt like i think he thought they were putting or projecting a characteristic that he didn't think he was like a bad friend right right uh-huh. and so i was like all you need to do is like take action and like ownership of what happened and then i think what makes a good apology is not only acknowledging and owning what happened but saying what you're going to do in the future mm. to like clearly define how you're going to change or yeah. like a marker to say like this is what how this is going to change in our relationship you know what i mean uh-huh. so i was like either be like okay next time like i'm sorry that happened but if if this happens again, like, let me know so that da 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 this won't happen. Or be like, I just think that next time, like, maybe you should just get your own ride so that we don't have to worry about it. Because if it really does bother him that he's doing a favor and he feels underappreciated, mm-hmm. then don't be there for, you know, that's a boundary. Yeah. But if you do want to be there for your friend, because that's the kind of friend you are, and be like, I want to show you that I can pick you up and it's fine, then be like, these are the ground rules. Like, next time, just mm-hmm. be more clear, you know? Yeah. But regardless, I think to make a good apology, you take ownership. And then on the flip side, say how you can be better. Because I feel like a lot of times people are like, I'm so sorry. They don't say how they want to correct it. And then they never do. Mm-hmm. And then they're always saying, oh, I'm so sorry for the same thing. Uh-huh. And then everyone's always just upset. Just repeated it's behavior. Just repeated behavior. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like when you acknowledge it, one, it tells a person how you care. Yeah. Because you're trying to be better. But then also it tells yourself how you can be better. So that next time you can hold yourself to that standard of what you're giving. And if they are upset, you can be like, well... Mm-hmm. you brought the rules to, to the game and you're <laughs> yeah. not playing fairly so it's uh, it's like I have every right to be upset with you yeah. you know what I mean if you drop the ball yeah I like that did you want to add more to a good apology <laughs> okay so then um, with that said what apologies have you been given to you that you feel like were good apologies good apologies in your own personal life um hmm I feel like, do you want a specific example for this one? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to say names or anything, yeah, but yeah. maybe a situation where you felt like, wow, that was a good apology and you've come full circle and maybe explain why that felt that way to you. Mm. Um, uh, you go first. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I can think of it like a specific situation where I was like, wow, that was a good apology, but I think I can pull out characteristics that like kind of have the same apology-esque where I was like oh that was a good good thing um and I think apologies for me and I've always said this and I think I've said this in previous episodes but in a different way was that I don't like forcing people to apologize 
or telling people how they should be sorry, right? Like, I I would rather it be like, oh my God, I totally dropped the ball. You're right. Just, again, with ownership, because I feel like that's a sense of authenticity. Like, if someone's flaky, and be like, you're right. I am so flaky. I'm so (laughs) sorry that I did that to you again. But, But not being like, defensive mm-hmm. you know what i mean or try and like protect this ego like yeah. just own up to what you're doing you know and i feel like not to say that i always give good apologies because i'm i am in hot water a lot with friends because <laughs> i'm just so like outspoken with my words yeah but i feel like i'm the kind of person to be like well you knew that that was me right like uh-huh. if you're upset with what i'm saying maybe look at why the words i'm saying not necessarily like what i'm saying mm-hmm. um and own that you know yeah um because I feel like when I don't have to ask someone for an apology and they just realize it for themselves, to me, I'm like, I feel at peace with that. Whether I agree that they should have done it or right. they're validating themselves or not, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. But at that point, at least I feel like I can respect you because I'm like, yeah, you're owning up to what you did. Yeah. And you can either say I'm sorry or be like, yeah, I did that. In that moment, that felt right to me. And even if it didn't feel right to me, I can be like, I understand why you chose that, you know, because uh-huh. I feel like I'm a compassionate person. Be like, yeah, you were in the mindset to think that that was right. I can understand that. I might not agree with it, but okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at least there's like, if they take it upon themselves to self-reflect and acknowledge where they went wrong and how to do better, I'm like, that's all that I can ask because I, I feel like I would give the same respect in the other yeah. way, you know. I had a passenger apologized really well to me like say? a few or months he, ago he or she. it was a he he was non-gender conforming <laughs> we're non-binary <laughs> um he was being a dick because he didn't like the snacks that i was offering him mm. in first class because we didn't have a meal yeah and he was like wow the company's really gone down the drain hasn't it like because of what i was offering him and i was like what are you looking for and he's like well i don't know and i was like okay, I mean, these are our premium snacks, but if you had something in mind, like I could see if it's in the back or, yeah. you know, whatever. And he's like, well, I really don't know what I was looking for. And I was like, okay, do you want anything from here? And then I walked away and when I went back... Real quick, that's a very good way to handle that. Because you're like, then you tell me. Right. You, like, yeah. You're saying you want Well, because I was like, you know it's not going to be a meal, so tell me yeah. what out of this basket of yeah. seven like putting options... putting it back on him. Yeah. Of like, okay, then tell me. What yeah. Do you, what do you need? Um, and... When I went back to him later, he's like, hey, I'm really sorry that I that I kind of lashed out at you. Mm-hmm. He's like, you obviously don't put together these snack baskets. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I don't. And I was like, to be honest, like all these snacks are the same to me. So I don't really notice if there's a difference or not. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I kind of eat what's around me or yeah. what I bring. Um, but I was like, obviously, if you fly a lot, you know, but it was just... He took that time for me to like walk away and for him to think like Reflect I was an exactly. asshole for exactly. no reason to somebody who has no control over the situation. Right. But I think because um, you responded in such a positive way, you probably didn't feel it in the moment. But like, yeah, I think I was were, so over it because exactly. I'm like, what am I going to do for exactly. you? Like, you know, um, but it's funny because trying to think about good apologies, I think about like bad ones more. Mm like which is just as good of a resource do you know what I mean because you yeah, know what but not to do for sure but then i'm thinking like i guess uh, to not be specific as specific in this the good apologies have obviously come from my relationships that have lasted a long time right because i can't think of one relationship where i haven't had some sort of disagreement with somebody um at least not a long-term relationship mm-hmm. But to know that, like, we've moved past those disagreements, there has been some resolution somewhere um, that we've been able to, like, keep moving forward. Right, right. You know? Right. So I'm 
I know that like good apologies have happened, but I mm-hmm. think that it's come less from like a, which is interesting because when you first said, um, I don't think that an apology always needs an I'm sorry. I, I like, I really had to pay attention to like your follow up with mm-hmm. that. Cause I was like, wait, what do you mean? Yeah. You're like, that's exactly I was like, that's literally is. what an apology it's is. It's like synonymous. Sorry. Yeah. Apology. Yeah. yeah. But I think looking back on moments where I had disagreements with people who I really care about, it came from just places of understanding of totally. one another because we know that our relationship is bigger than that one moment. Right. It it didn't always require like a like I'm so sorry mm-hmm. I messed this up. Mm-hmm. It was just like uh, you know this happened. Right. And you acknowledge as a person like shit really does just happen. just happens yeah. sometimes because I feel like um. I, I say it doesn't require a sorry because there's better ways to articulate how you're feeling. But right. I think a sorry is helpful because it's a very easy yeah. way to... It's an easy word to throw out there to be like, mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you understand what I'm saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, literally as sorry, you're saying you understand what I'm saying by saying I'm sorry. Right. You know? Um, because like, like say if I was like hungry, I'd get aggressive and uh-huh. I get really like snappy <laughs> yeah. and I don't think I need to say sorry for being hungry. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if, if after I eat, I feel in a better mood and you're like, dude, you were a dick. I'm like, I was hungry. Like next time I'll get food, but I was hungry. You know what I mean? Like, obviously I would want to be like, I'm so sorry, but it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't matter because I think you could be like, well, you understand what it's like to be hungry. Like, you know, me as a friend, <laughs> I, I'm a bitch. I'm sorry. Do you see me? I clearly never get hungry. I'm skinny as a needle. Wow. Ever since she moved out of the Midwest and she's no longer chubby chub and patitties, she won't act like she's a snatched beauty queen who's walking around New York as a model. Oh, wow, 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 wow. It's her podcast wow, now. So, wow, wow, wow. Um, I guess that's my next question, too, then. Like, what makes a bad apology? Or have you ever had a bad apology? Yeah. It, I feel like. I just keep thinking of this, like, one instance where, um, to give, like, a little backstory, I came home after being gone for a really long time. Mm -hmm. I think I was gone for, like, a week or so. Mm -hmm. Closer to two weeks, actually. And I had a really long travel day. And I came home and I just realized that my apartment wasn't the way that I left it. Uh, In specific uh, to be more specific, a lot of my personal belongings were not how I left them. Um, and it just created like a lot of drama between one specific person mm-hmm. and I, um, a roommate. And I remember having a conversation much later, like so much time had passed where like that wasn't a thing on my mind anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't even live in that apartment. And the apologies, it, it actually wasn't an apology it was this like expectation that I had just moved on and mm-hmm. I did, but also like that doesn't mean that you didn't fuck up in that. Right. Like it's in like that situation. His actions. Yeah. Him. And it was like, look, I, like things just happen in life and you know, we all just move forward and, right. blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, yeah, I did move forward. Like, but what sucked I think for me was I enjoyed that relationship and it, it sucked that like, it was just sort of brushed off like, well, we've moved on. Uh-huh. Well, like, I think, again, like what I say with the good apologies, like there's no ownership of his actions. None. He's putting the play, he's putting the getting over it uh-huh. on you, being like, well, you yeah. just got over it, so it's fine. But it's like, it's well, it is fine, but uh-huh. it's not fine because you didn't take ownership. Right. Yeah. 
and you just acknowledge like what the fuck for sure <laughs> i i can think of two two things that for me at least make a bad apology or like make me irritated um first being apologizing on someone else's behalf where you like say hey this hurt my feelings You're like well i'm sorry you feel that way it's like oh, don't right. fucking say sorry if you don't mean it Do yeah. you know what i mean well like, they're not really saying sorry not, in that yeah. situation but it's just like you're again you're it's e- almost like putting pity on you exactly like, like oh, i'm so sorry well, you i think feel it's like, like your ego is trying to win over uh-huh. you know what i mean and that brings me to the next point of what makes a bad apology is where you feel like you need to defend something like a defensive thing right um and if you have nothing to defend then there really isn't anything to get upset about. But I'm like, if you're defending like quote unquote your character, yeah, then you're trying, you're somewhat believing into what they're saying as as factual, and that's why you feel the need to defend it. When it's like, if you really don't think you're that way, what they're saying shouldn't affect you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you're you're a bad friend. I like, I wouldn't be like, I'm not a bad friend, blah blah blah, because then you're getting defensive. But I would be like, open in communication and be like, okay, well, why why do you say you're a bad friend? And you'd be like, yeah. well, you snapped at me. And I'd be like, okay, I understand that. But also you got to understand, like, I was hungry. I'm taking ownership that I was hungry. And now that I'm not hungry, I'm nicer, right? So maybe next time I won't, I'll eat before we have these conversations. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's nothing to defend because you're like, I'm not a bad person. I know I'm not a bad person. Yeah. What made me a bad person is not eating. So let's talk about that. But mm-hmm. like, I'm not trying to defend my character because I know I'm a good friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this brings up a thing where um, actually dealing with this podcast, someone just recently told me that like Mm -hmm. what I said on the podcast, they wish I didn't, even though I didn't use this person's name. um, I think it was still kind of a touchy subject. And when the person came to me, um, they kind of came at me in a tone and I knew it was from a hurt place. So Mm -hmm. I didn't get, I didn't take it personal, Yeah. but I called this person. I was like, Hey, what's going on? And they're like, Oh, you know, they thought I was going to be like, we'll just get over it. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like, if you want me to take it out, I will. And she's like, she, this person was like, oh, I, I, I didn't even realize you were going to respond that way. You know? And I was like, well, I see what you're saying. Like, whether I think you are valid or not, like, I can't tell you how you should feel about yeah. a situation. But we do come in on the defense a lot. Completely. Into situations. Where you're like, get over it. Yeah. But it's easy to say that when it doesn't affect you in a way that someone else might get affected. Right. But like... As a communication studies major with a degree from California State University, Long, Long Beach, Beach, I that's why I say you need time sure. because you can't take ownership over something that you haven't had time to heal, right? Yeah, heal from. You know, I like, mean, you can, but again, I think your ego is winning, so you don't want to, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think part of it too is like there's that defensiveness of like what I was saying and all of that, but like. I knew sh- this person was coming at me because they were upset and they were trying to make me feel like I needed to fight them on this. Uh-huh. But instead, I took the emotion out of it. And I was like, okay, did I say it? Is this person correct in me saying I said these things? Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I, I just apologized. Like, I didn't realize the things I said would have affected you in this way. Right. Again, it's not my decision on how you should like receive these messages. I assume from what I know of you, you wouldn't have gotten upset. But it's clear to me that you are upset. So as a friend, I never wanted to make you upset. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry for doing that. Do you want me to X, Y, and Z to make it better? Mm-hmm. And next time, I won't X, Y, and Z in the podcast. Or da-da-da-da-da. Which yeah. didn't need to get that way. But I think because I was like taking ownership of it, it was like, oh, yeah. Because one, I don't feel like I need to defend that. Because it wasn't my character to be very candid. But it wasn't in this person's character to mm-hmm. be very candid and yeah. open. And I was like, oh, I opened, I crossed the line that I didn't realize mm-hmm. was a problem. And they felt the need to defend that. But I was like, I don't need to. Yeah. you know. And then on top of that, it was like... 
I'm not going to apologize on her behalf to be like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'm it's my podcast or yeah. blah, 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 blah. But um, I feel like that's what makes a bad apology. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like being defensive and yeah. all that. Um, do you feel like you have to apologize to anyone about anything you haven't yet? This is like the last question. I do. Um... <clears throat> I mean, I feel like that's a part of a growing process. Uh-huh. Or do, you just, have a, do you have a specific example of something that you feel like you need to apologize for but haven't? Yeah. Can you say? <laughs> I don't know. It makes me so uncomfortable. Don't let your ego win in this situation. <laughs> Take ownership. Be um, vulnerable. Well, it's weird because so much time has passed. But? But I, I feel like if I were holding myself to the same standard of which I would hold the people who I surround myself with or feel closest to in my life, like I really failed. And that is my ego where it makes me uncomfortable to think like, I failed. Damn, you fucked up, you know? So give us the deets, girl. No. Give Um, us the deets. Okay, I will. Um, Actually, it was when I was living with you and Sid. What? That like whole time in my life, like bothers me so much. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Can we go, can we elaborate? Yeah, I mean, like, I was living with you guys when I had come back from my mm, first cruise contract. I think your second cruise contract. No, it was no, my first, because I moved contract. home, and then right, I right, right. took my second. So just a little backstory, Shane ended his first cruise contract, was trying to move back to L.A., and was living with me in Sydney for, what, like, six months? It ended up being six months? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, five or six months? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, that time, like personal like family stuff aside i don't think that i conducted myself in a way that i would have otherwise liked to like in terms of like relying on you guys as much as i did mm-hmm. um i just feel like i really let you guys down as friends whether or not you felt that way mm-hmm. i just took that on as like yeah, it's like I I just wasn't the person I wanted to be. Sure. And I think that that was really hard because I had just come back from this first big experience away from both Chicago and then California, which had at that time become like home for me. Mm-hmm. And I had like such a positive experience on that contract and I loved the friends that I made and I loved the places that I visited and traveled to and I loved dancing for a living and, you know, living like a very it was sort of a facade but a very glamorous life of or a temporary glamorous life of Mm -hmm. like no bills no struggles no this or that everything was just at my own leisure and pleasure um to like struggling a lot through that time afterwards and Mm -hmm. trying to piece my life back together and feeling like i just couldn't get my shit together um and what i hate about that is that for me, it felt like that fell upon my friendship with you too. Sure. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. First off, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you felt that way. Yeah. It's it literally like still bothers me to this time. Um, but 
what's funny is I think that me and Sydney were aware of what was going on in your own personal life, so mm-hmm. we didn't take it personal. Do you know what I mean? But I think that comes from years of friendship. For sure. And that's why I don't think an, an apology was necessary, because I feel like if I was going through a thing, I think you would understand that that is out of my character Yeah. to be treated. Like, and again, when I say to be treated that way, I don't think you treated us poorly, Yeah. but I think you did rely on us a lot, but luckily we were the kind of friends to let you rely on us yeah, a yeah. lot. You know what I mean? I think what bothered me most was not that I relied on you. It was like the length of time that I was relying mm. on you too where like uh, for like a couple weeks or like maybe a month I understand yeah. but like for half a year it's just too much right. and, and I, that's what I think bothers me yeah. like just, it's just not saying. what I want to be I get you know but for me like I, I felt like it wasn't in your character to like mooch or like take advantage of a situation so even though you were like I just need a place to stay to get reacquainted with Mm -hmm. life and then it became one month and then two months and then three months and then four months and then at four months me and Sydney were like okay Mm -hmm. I don't mind him staying here but if he's staying here we need to evaluate what this looks like now financially because we can't support another person and then through that it was like um, it was fine Again, because we yeah. could, but I'm like, okay, like if we're not going to help you get lifted as a friend, uh-huh. you're not going to do it yourself, obviously, you yeah. know? And again, like knowing what you were going through, because me and Sydney both knew, especially me, and I was like explaining this to Sydney, where it's like, Shane doesn't do well with transitions, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially big life changes uh-huh. when it comes to moving or getting yeah. in a relationship or out of relationships. So I was like, this is going to take a little bit <laughs> and that's okay yeah. because we have the means to support it. And yeah. I was like, and I don't doubt that if it was the other way around, you'd be just as supportive. For sure. Know? Yeah. And but so I think, I, and I was like, this is out of Shane's character. So yeah. I was like, fine. You know what I mean? But I think that's one of uh, my biggest hesitations in coming back to LA now. Yeah. Or, like, in the immediate future. Which is funny you say that, because I knew that, though. A little bit backstory, too. I was like, Shane, when are you going to come back out to L.A.? Because yeah. if we're going to take this podcast more serious, blah, blah, we kind of have to, like, yeah. reorganize our lives a little bit. And when I told you, I was like, you need to come out here. You're like, well, I want to be set up a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I knew that that was, you were going based off of that experience. Because I was like, yeah, you I just don't want another one of those. I know, but I, need to. but I don't want one of those. But I think that because you know what it feels like, yeah. you won't let that happen. So I'm like, what are you waiting on? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where you're like, yeah, like, I, when I have this, when I have that, but you'll never have enough to start. You know, it's like when people no, have for their sure. first kid, they never feel like they're ready. Or yeah. when they move across the country, they never feel like they're ready. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bitch, you have a family here. You have yeah, a home. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. No, I, my biggest thing is honestly like a car. Bitch, I have a car. <laughs> okay, and? <laughs> you know so I can have it, kids, you're saying? You know how many fucking kids I pick up before I go to practice? in the gym like I live in Long Beach for people who don't know geographically what this looks like just think of a massive triangle okay of traffic (laughs) I go from Long Beach to Inglewood which is on the west side of LA to go Mm -hmm. all the way to the east side to practice so I drive two hours out of my way to pick up kids for practice Mm -hmm. so you having my car is not a big deal I'm selfless. I'm like compassionate. Oh, I'm like modern day Mother <laughs> Teresa. Cut to next year's episodes where you're like, fuck this. Shane's bitch. still using my motherfucking car. He's still laying in my motherfucking bed. These kids better take the motherfucking bus. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of getting off topic. Yeah, but I appreciate the apology. It's That's just like a specific but... like example of. But I hold on to things like that. Yeah, I really internalize that for like, obviously years to come. Right, where I. <clears throat> I almost feel like um, part of me is scared 
in general of like utilizing the money that I save in a friend bank. Yeah. Right. So like, uh, it's like currency that we were talking about earlier. Exactly. It's like friendship currency. Like yeah. as friends, you build this relationship and you're continuously depositing money into that friendship mm-hmm. or currency into that friendship. And there comes times there. Yeah. There comes times when you need to withdraw that currency and mm-hmm. be like, I really need this right mm-hmm. now. And I think I'm always scared to use that because I, I don't ever want to not be able to put it back in. Well, here's the thing with me. I'm friends with Kyle Weinstock. (laughs) That motherfucker has been on a currency loan for me for years, okay? I've been doing so much fucking shit for that motherfucker, okay? So don't ever think you're worse than him. (laughs) Secondly, okay? Secondly... I'm not that bitch, okay? I know. Well, I know because I surround myself with, in terms of like my tribe, I surround myself with people where I don't, I know that they would never put that on my shoulders of like, Mm -hmm. well, I did this for you. Like, we just know how messy you are. Exactly. Right. Clean up crew. I'm the messy friend. (laughs) (laughs) Clean up crew. We're going to JFK today. You're trash. Your mother's trash. But we're saying, they're like, we're picking up your trash. Right. I am the trash. (laughs) You're like, Shane, again, jump in. (laughs) Um, And so I I internalize never being that person because I don't want to feel like I owe an apology forever. Yeah. Just because I struggle with, like, letting go of things. Where then to, like, reverse this scenario, there was a situation where I fucked up with one of my best friends and... I like it was so weird because in the moment we were seeing one situation play out vastly differently Mm -hmm. like which happens a lot yeah yeah but I mean this was like such a mistaken moment and once I heard this person's perspective I was like a thousand percent I understand exactly Mm -hmm. why you feel that way Mm -hmm. I I won't even try to defend Mm -hmm. my actions because I I would probably think the exact same thing and feel the same exact way that you do. And because of that, and because it was somebody that I love and care about so much, I like almost started to over apologize Mm. where like I apologized initially and we kind of, things were still kind of weird. And then we actually had like an in-person things didn't get like heated, but they were definitely like passionate Mm -hmm. if you will. Um, and I think that that probably could have been like a a solid stopping point. Mm -hmm. But then I remember like months later I was on the phone with this person. I was like, I just want you to know, like, I really am like, I know we've talked about this, Mm -hmm. but I am sorry about it. And it still weighs on me because I don't like that. I hurt you that way. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that started to weigh on me more. It wasn't even so much about like what had happened anymore. It was just like letting that person down. Right. Which is like what I was saying with like you and Sid, It, it just becomes like something different than the situation that had happened. Um, And then after that point, I, I had this talk with myself where like, I mean, to this day, it still bothers me that I did that to this person. But I, I had a moment where I was like, now you need to let this go Mm -hmm. because they've let it go. But if you don't, it's just going to become a bigger thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And things are fine now. Like that person and I are still just Mm -hmm. as close as we were Mm -hmm. before this happened. But Mm -hmm. Um, that's why I say like looking back, I think about bad apologies more than I do good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that through, through, regardless of how that apology worked, that person and I are still mm-hmm. as close as we mm-hmm. were, you know? Um, and I, I want to bring up a point just to round this out is that I think it's actually important to say that 
Um, and I, for, I forget that, I think we forget that even though we apologize, we can't tell someone how to respond to that apology mm-hmm. either. And that's why I feel like it's important for you to take ownership of what you do and just say how you can do better. And if that isn't enough, you really have to be like, well, I've tried my best. For sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think what people do is like what you just said is like you almost feel like you need to over apologize Mm -hmm. because you do feel bad. And I think that's a key moment for a life growth is feeling bad because Mm -hmm. you're like, wow, I never want to do this to someone ever again. And you have a little bit more room for compassion and love in that situation or Mm -hmm. in life in general. But I also think that you can't force someone to accept an apology because, again, like, you can't tell someone how they should feel. Right. And, like, I'm sure they might need to go through some journey to maybe hear that message a different way. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, they're not hearing it the way you're trying to. But, again, that's not... You're responsible for what you're saying, but you're also not responsible for how they should take it. Yeah. You know? I agree. And I think, yeah, that's, like... Pretty much it, because I feel like for me, like when I say I do, I owe someone an apology. I, I think in general, like a lot of my friends, <laughs> because Why? I become I've become such a cutthroat person, mm. and I think that's just coming from a place of like always wanting to be stable. Mm-hmm. You know that I almost over criticize myself, and that bleeds out into my friendships. And so, if you're all any of my close friends listening, which you guys already know. I'm like a really tough cookie and like I come for blood. Yeah. But I, I really feel like I'm trying to be more compassionate. And mm-hmm. so like if I was not tactful previously, I just want to like do a big apology and be like, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for being patient with me. And thank you for like letting me get to that realization that like sometimes I don't need to say everything. And yeah. if I, it is something that I do need to say. Sandwich sandwich it into a good apology where or a good critique where it's like I take one slice of bread which is something good be like you know what I really think you're strong in this aspect and then the meat of it is like but la di da di da and then be like but because I know you're smart you'll get there. you know <laughs> I, I need to practice that sandwich technique mm, I love a good sandwich yeah but I don't yeah. I don't think I've always been the most tactful person so hmm. as a blanket thing like. Again, thank you for being patient for me. Hmm. And I appreciate you guys who have stuck with me. So you're like the person who just sends one big thank you on Facebook to everybody instead of responding individually exactly. to like happy birthdays. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm like, thank you everyone on my Instagram story. Thank you everyone who said happy birthday to me. <laughs> all five of you are great. I love you all. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> all right, okay, guys. So, all right, <laughs> um, best transition. I was. Gonna... <laughs> we need a we know I'm not good with transition. Thank you. <laughs> we need a segment where it's like, okay, so. <laughs> uh, so I was scrolling through my Instagram a couple days ago, and I realized every single post that I was seeing was either like, um, like a meme account or like a a GIF account mm-hmm. or GIF, however you want to pronounce it, and. I've seen a lot of people, because I do follow some lifestyle blogger mm-hmm. kind of people, and a lot of them have posted within the past like six months to a year about Instagram changing the algorithm of which you see profiles that you follow. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I follow, you know, 800 to 1,000 people, and I'm seeing maybe six to seven profiles total i mean literally i was like i was there was a point where i was scrolling quickly just to see if i would see a normal person's profile and not one came up i think i had one or two like celebrities filter in but 
I didn't see one of my friend's profiles for like a good, you know, like 10 scrolls down. And it bothered me so much because I don't understand how like, I don't, I, there's a lot of like regulation right now around how social media or, um, online content is managed. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I know that it's trying to direct you content that you want to see, but I still want to see everything. I wouldn't be following something if I didn't want to see it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it bothers me that like things are, are becoming so marketed and geared towards what it assumes you should be or mm-hmm. are wanting mm-hmm. to see. That there's this like lack of consistency. Right. I feel like that's kind of like two things with that. I agree. It's like shitty, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like. I don't know what the second thing was, so I'll just go with the first. But I feel like that's part of the reason why America is so one-sided is because mm-hmm. once you start filtering stories you enjoy, the totally. same stories keep popping up. And then because you um, keep seeing the same biases, you almost believe them as fact. Well, not almost, but you do yeah. believe them as fact because when something's repeated so much so, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God, that's true, right? Yeah. Like if someone was like, you're ugly, you're ugly, and you hear it from five people, you're going to be thinking like, well, damn, am I ugly? You mm-hmm. know? And so it's the same thing with news. It's like, this person's shitty, this person's shitty, this person's shitty. And you're like, wow, that person is really shitty, you (laughs) Uh know? Um, And so it's kind of like annoying because I think that's why America is so stuck because we don't get that like dichotomy of one side seeing one thing and then the other. And it's like the same thing as like, we'll use Fox News as an example Uh where it's so filtered in a way that like when people who watch Fox News, I'm not saying it's good or bad or what they're thinking yeah. or viewing is wrong, but I'm just saying it's it seems like it's the same archetype of thinking. Right. And the person who views that kind of news is getting the same output, mm-hmm. right? Or the same conclusion. They're jumping to the same conclusions. Yeah. And it becomes a little bit dangerous. But mm-hmm. I agree, like whatever algorithm that is, I don't I get the reason of it because then it makes the app like say Instagram on the discover page like my discover page has a lot of cheerleading videos a lot of tumbling videos Mm -hmm. a lot of um, skincare makeup brands and memes right right because that's usually what I search Mm -hmm. I don't follow any of it but I search it yeah and it makes it makes me come back to it even on youtube right like my recommended it's always like asmr this or Uh like skincare (laughs) review this or whatever um make up that this brand new palette and it's easier when i jump on to just like sit there for hours and keep scrolling because you get down that rabbit hole so like the algorithm is doing its job correctly right but then on the hindsight it's almost like you're unaware that you're getting the same thing Mm because now i'm thinking this is all that's on instagram when really it's not it's not at all yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And I think that's what the the bigger message of all of that was is like in terms of obviously like if I'm just seeing memes, fine. Like yeah. I'll scroll through that yeah. or scroll past it. But like you were saying in terms of people who do get their news or their mm-hmm. political views or you know, um views in terms of morale, like uh life scenarios mm-hmm. if you will. Like if you are only seeing one side that literally starts to develop where you continue to grow mm-hmm. from there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that that's a big, like that's a huge point of conversation right now for this country. Yeah. I mean, kind of the world, but specifically for this country, especially in regards to our election coming up mm-hmm. next year. Um, but Twitter did just, did you see this? Twitter know. just announced that they are no longer allowing political ads on mm. their platform. I'm not like on in Twitter, any form. I see. Yeah. 
Yeah. Facebook still will not do that. They still allow political mm-hmm. ads, yeah. Regardless of if they can guarantee it being fake fair or not. Or, oh, fair. Okay. Or mm-hmm. um, fake. I see. Yeah. Because I feel like even like when I look at news, because you know, like if you're on your iPhone and you swipe to the left, they have that news thing. Yeah. It's in your widgets. Like yeah. I yeah, always, yeah. and while I'm um, pooping, I catch up on my daily news. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'll check into like New York Times, CNN, all that yeah. stuff. But again, you can filter what news sources you have. Yeah. Which is like I, I actually do filter in Fox News because I like want to see what's going on. Sure. So I feel like it's pretty well-rounded for the most part. But even, like, I have stupid shit like BuzzFeed, right? Uh-huh. And then I, like, click on 32 items that are hot items on <laughs> Amazon. Because I clicked it, it gives me, like, every month, I guess, they post that article. And now I have, like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, like, such that whole consumerism ad uh-huh. thing. And it's just kind of really, like, over overstimulating, overexhausting. And it, like, mm-hmm. really gives that... It gives insight into American culture where you you're you're getting filtered all these like sources that yeah. you're not asking for and you really don't realize you're mm-hmm. not asking for it. But then it, it's because you keep seeing it, you just think this is fact. Well, and it it almost makes me want that product less. Really? If I see it more, I assume that everybody's seeing it more, uh, and I and then I don't want it as much. I'm like the opposite. Oh, because I always do a lot of research. Because you're trying to fit in. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to fit in of all people. Bitch. I'm the one to be like, you're trash, you're a motherfucker, get the fuck out of my face. But like, can we be friends? <laughs> um, no, it's because I do so much research on things that I'm interested mm-hmm. in. And then I, because I like do so much research, like I was like getting a niacinamide zinc 10, like niacinamide 10%. What words just came out of your mouth? <laughs> niacinamide serum for my skin. Okay. And I was looking at the ordinary <laughs> And then the ordinary kept popping up on everything. Oh, right. And so it was annoying. And I ended up buying the ordinary, but I knew I was going to buy it. But because I kept seeing it, I was like, oh, maybe I should get this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was like a little bit of both. I was aware of it. Yeah. And I knew I was investing in it regardless. But now I keep seeing stuff uh-huh. and I don't want to see it. Right. But then on a complete side note, hear me out, listeners. If you have um, Spotify, you can actually get a free Google Home. Do you pay for Spotify? Wait, I just saw it an article on this yeah and i was like this looks fake no it's real i got a google home hey google no don't say because it'll, it'll turn on <laughs> and i don't want it to turn on but i got i kind of got scared because i was like wait why are they giving out free google homes uh, because yeah. you know how your phone listens to you uh-huh. i was like these motherfuckers are trying to listen to what's going on in my everything house. literally and that's mm-hmm. the first thought i had so i was like maybe i shouldn't plug this in and i'm gonna start talking about shit to test it i'm gonna be like New Balance dad shoes. <laughs> and just say that randomly. New Balance dad shoes. New Balance dad shoes and see if New Balances pop up mm. on my ads. Because they ain't going to fucking get me. Wait, I want to know how to get this. Um, I'll, I'll send you the link. But Great. if you want to Google Home, y'all, you can get it for free. Cute. If you're a Spotify member, that I- pays premium, not just like you have the app. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. You have to pay for Spotify. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And you know you, you get Hulu, too, if you have Spotify? No. Yeah, you just log in with your Spotify account. Really? We're, yeah, we're getting off topic again. We'll talk about it after. Okay. Yeah. But um, also, yeah. th- oh, go ahead, finish that. Well, thought. I was just going to wrap up this segment. But oh, we great. Can keep well, talking. I was, no, no, no. I was just going <laughs> to say, know, it's our podcast. Fuck this it. Is a- <laughs> <laughs> we want to talk about other shit other than algorithms that are rotten. Fuck it. Well, this Listen. is just an observation. Okay, let's you look, do it. You look very svelte in this lighting. Svelte? Svelte. What is, what is that? Um, Very like. Uh, Snatched? Yeah. That would be the gay version of svelte. But I like feel. what makes me look svelte? Like your jawline and your cheekbones and mm. your 
balding head. Thank you. Yeah, it's so glowing. I'm just trying to go for this dewy look. <laughs> <laughs> just this dewy, Moisturized. Dewy, supple, like bouncy, bouncy. I don't know if you can hear this ASMR, but... Yeah, stop it. I'm just tapping my skin. <laughs> I was on this like 10-step t- beauty Korean skincare routine, so I'm like... A 10-step? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, ma'am. Yeah. You know me in skincare. It's like my new thing. <laughs> Anyways, we'll move on to the end season. <laughs> following my Instagram story, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, my Instagram's normally on my personal account, but broccoli. Oh, God. <laughs> For the people who don't... I thought I was feeling stuffy. <laughs> For the people who don't follow me on Instagram, one, you should. But two, um, a lot of people have been really invested in my recent Instagram saga. You can with... follow him at N-A-Y-R shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, if you want to follow me, we're going to link it in the description below. Yeah. But um, there's this cat that's, um, we just call it the street cat. But it, every time we come home, it comes up to us. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, broccoli. Hi, broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> my roommate makes fun of my like pet voice. She's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> but um, this cat that I named broccoli is so sweet and um slowly well not actually not slowly this bitch really barged right up in <laughs> um one day we like i like pet her with my roommate she the cat's honestly more interested in my roommate mm. and that's why she like hangs around more but then when i come out she's like so approaching yeah. and like friendly but she sat out on our porch for two hours waiting for us to let her in and then the next time she came over um, we opened the door and she literally ran inside the house and was just like up on the couch making herself right at home. Oh no, bitch! So then everyone on my Instagram story was like, "You have a cat now," and they're like, "You don't choose a cat; the cat the cat chooses you." Oh god! Yeah. <laughs> so um, I got pressured into buying cat food because it was only ten dollars, and I put cat food out for it, thinking, "Oh, you know, broccoli. When it comes back, I'll eat it." Nah, bitch. I think a raccoon got in that cat food because <laughs> the next morning it was all gone. I was like, there's no way broccoli ate all that cat food. Maybe. No, there's no way. Cause broccoli doesn't like she'll hang out in our yard. I don't yeah. even know if it's a she, I just call her she. She'll hang out in our <laughs> yard. And then, um, like when we're not home and she knows we're not home, she doesn't come over here. But what people don't understand is like, people are like, you need to keep her, take her inside. Like, blah, blah. I'm like, that's someone's cat. <laughs> Like, I think it's my neighbor's cat. Only unless Broccoli's a fucking slut and she hangs out next door until we walk up and she's like, ooh, more people (laughs) need me. And then when we're done with her, she goes next door. She probably does that. She's smart. Cats are smart. They are. She's probably getting fed throughout this whole neighborhood. She's just making her rounds. And she's like, hello, it's me, Broccoli. (laughs) But yeah, Broccoli. She just plays a different cat persona to every house (laughs) that she goes to. Um, But if I I got a cat, I would want it to be Broccoli because like... I pick her up. She lets me do anything. She like rolls on her back. I like pet her. Like she's so sweet. Yeah. Not I, once has she tried to bite me or scratch me. And I, usually I cats her. are fucking assholes. I hate her. So yeah, broccoli. Great. What's your in season? Christmas music. Christmas music? Yeah. November 1st, I'm on it. <laughs> I love it. It makes me so happy. It's what I get ready to in the morning now. Gross. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Puts me in such a good mood. <laughs> um, well, I mean, is there That's more to it. say? Okay. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, everybody knows what Christmas music is, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. Well, either way, thank you guys so much for listening this week. You can always write us and follow us um, on Instagram at... Uh, you said Instagram? <laughs> Fruit Snacks Pod. And you can um, email us at fruitsnackspod at gmail.com. And then how about this? If you're listening um, and you kind of liked what you heard today, just take a screenshot of you listening to the episode, load it to your Instagram story and tag us at fruitsnackspod if you are Do you are want not... a photo of their screen or of them listening to us? It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to get creative with. Mm-hmm. And we'll repost it if you are public. And then write into us um, next week if we have time. We'll... Um, read comments about maybe apologies that you've received that you felt like were beneficial mm, in your life I like that. or any apologies that you feel like you still deserve if you want to be anonymous just let us know and we'll keep whatever details out of yep. our explanation on the podcast and if you're looking for apologies from us don't send them <laughs> don't send that request um, but if if they come out kind of wonky it's because we have to map our episodes out a little bit weird so if you don't hear it in the next few weeks We'll eventually get to it. So Next just right into us. <laughs> right, right, right into us. But as always, thank you guys so thank much you. for listening. And we will catch you next week on Fruit Snacks. Bye-bye.